My name is Chris, and I get to be one of the pastors of the 8th Street Church. Quiero saludarte en el fuerte y poderoso nombre de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. I invite you to turn your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah the prophet, chapter 29. And we're going to be reading a few verses from, uh, from, his, from his letter to the exiles. So uh, hear the word of the Lord from the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah wrote a letter from Jerusalem to the elders, priests, prophets, and all of the people who had been exiled to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. Verse 4, this is what Jeremiah's letter said. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children, then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Verse 10 of chapter 1, this is what the Lord says, you will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we all say together wherever we are, thanks be to God. In April of last year, just after we were shut down from the pandemic, there were two things that happened. The first was this. I read an article by Andy Crouch, and in it he said, We are treating this pandemic as if it is a blizzard, and we are children off of school for a few days. But this is no blizzard. This is a new ice age, and we better get ready for it. How right he was. Andy Crouch's message is the same message that Jeremiah spoke to the exiles. And like Jeremiah, Andy Crouch said, While the Ice Age is something we've never experienced before, we still need to look for the opportunities. So the second thing that happened in April was this. I wrote in my prayer journal, Lord, help us not to waste the opportunities that this pandemic will give us. That is why I love this Jeremiah text. Even in the midst of exile, he gives us a vision for the future. He says, settle in, build houses, plant gardens, marry off your children, and pray for the city because as it prospers, so will you. In other words, look for the opportunities. And that is where I feel like we are here at the 8th Street Church. We've been forced to do things we never would have imagined. We've been forced to go online. And on Sundays this winter, we've, we've frozen our behinds off as we've worshipped outside. But the opportunities provided to us by this pandemic have been incredible. So there are a few things that I want to I tell you about on this State of the Church Sunday. First, I want to talk to you about the partnership that we continue to form and the relationship that we continue to develop with St. Anthony Hospital. For the last five years, we have been prayerfully asking this question, what does it mean to be neighbors to a hospital? 
We've been praying this prayer, Lord, help us to be the very best neighbors we can be to those who care for the bodies of others. We are a church in between two hospitals, and we even bought this building from SSM St. Anthony Hospital, and it needed an incredible amount of work. So they made us a deal, and the deal was this. They created a lease agreement which said that we would buy the building from them for what they paid for it in 2011. Only $350,000. But we didn't have to pay for it, they said, until February of 2021. Well, February of 2021 is here. In October of 2020, just a few months ago, in the middle of the pandemic, we started a fundraising campaign to pay off this building. And we were trying to raise about $250,000, but, but there in the, middle of, in the middle of the pandemic, that was, that was rough. We weren't even gathering all together as a church. And as the days ticked away and we got a little bit closer to February, I, I started to panic. There were nights that were sleepless for me. I was wondering what we were going to do. And finally, one day, I just decided I was going to call over to St. Anthony. I was going to talk to their CEO. Over the last number of years, he and I have built a pretty good relationship. And, and let me say this uh, to you, my family of the 8th Street Church. The people of St. Anthony Hospital have taken notice regarding how you are good neighbors. As their beds are stuffed with COVID patients, they see what you are doing. By meeting only online or in person outside with masks on. They've seen that. You've written them notes, you've prayed for their frontline workers, you've done everything you possibly can do to make their jobs just a little bit easier, and the CEO wanted me to relay a message of thanks to you. You are helping them, you are being good neighbors. Well, in my meeting with him, we chatted for a few minutes, the message of thanks was one of the things that he said to me, and then it was my turn, so I let him know that we were doing our best in raising money. And we had raised a little over $100,000, which is incredible for our small little community, our small church community in the midst of a pandemic. I'm so proud to be a part of the sacrifice of this church. But I did ask him, I I said, I wonder if if we could extend our lease, fully expecting that he would say that he couldn't do that. But instead he said to me, Chris, no problem. You are great neighbors. What can we do for you? We want to help you in any way we can. And then he said, why don't we extend the lease a couple more years to February 2023? So get this. We bought a building in Midtown for what it was worth in 2011 when prices were low. But we don't have to pay for the whole thing until 2023. That's 12 years later. We've been given this incredible gift, and we've been asking how we can be good neighbors to the hospital, but they have been the first good neighbors to us. Well, Jeremiah says, even in exile, even in a pandemic, there are opportunities. He says, build houses. So with saints, we've been able to build, rebuild this house. It's the place where we've made a home for ourselves, but we also make it a home for others. But Jeremiah also says this, he says, plant gardens, which is another way to say, don't just make your home in buildings, make your home out there, make your home out there in the dirt, make your home in a place, in a city, 
Cultivate the land so that it serves you and it serves your neighbors well. Plant gardens. So we've been prayerfully listening to Jeremiah, and your board and your staff have been working on a larger master plan for the church and for the community. And the master plan has a kind of a three-part, three-fold structure. It's community life, community preservation, and community development. And each one of these, ele- each one of these elements are necessary. So your staff and your board leadership have been in the middle of discussions and they've decided that they want to establish three nonprofits that will work inter- interdependently with one another in partnership with one another. One of those nonprofits is already established, that is this congregation. We call that community life. It's, it's our congregation. And our church, our body, brings life to this area. Our practices as a community of trying to live the way of Jesus have been a witness of goodness to those who live next to us. The CEO of the hospital testified to that. Well, we will continue to, as a body to try to embody the mercy and justice and compassion and hope as we are worshiping, as we come to the Lord's table, as we sing songs together as we do the meeting here on this corner, whether that be inside or outside. The second thing is, though, we've, we've decided to establish a, a, a nonprofit, a 501c3, that, that, we're, that will focus on community preservation. A community preservation is about giving this community, our faith community and our neighborhood, longevity. One of the things that Jeremiah says is this, marry off your children. This is just another way to say, invest in future generations. So we're establishing a 501c3 nonprofit called the 8th Street Foundation that will simply focus on future generational projects, taking care of this old building so that it'll be here in another hundred years. This 501c3 will raise money to take care of the building and invest in future generations, but we want to use this 501c3 to create a base of revenues to start scholarships for our children and then to invest in them and the other children of our neighborhood in all sorts of ways that will help them. The third thing, the third nonprofit that we've established was done just a few weeks ago and we were able to wrap up the paperwork to establish this brand new nonprofit 501c3 called the Midtown Community Development Foundation. The third element is community development. A year or two ago, we began to talk with the people from St. Anthony and also the people from Valor Hospital about the food insecurity issues that our neighbors face every day. Saints let us know that they wanted to start giving fresh vegetables to their patients alongside any medicines that are prescribed. So with that, an idea formed. And in our conversations with them, we started to talk about it. We said, let's build an urban farm together to address food insecurity issues. The Midtown Community Development Foundation was established so that we might be able to start a farm and, and maybe in the future, any other small businesses or services that can address the needs of our neighbors. Very knowledgeable and capable leaders form the board of this foundation, and Evan Mosshart will serve as the president and chair. And we have reserved a seat on that board for a representative from St. Anthony Hospital. And we've, we've reserved that seat because we want to be good partners with them, good, in, in good relationship with them. But again, they've been the first good neighbor to us. And we, and we want to reserve that seat because 
we are being given an opportunity to lease the empty lot east of the church to start the 8th Street Urban Farm. Now, some have asked what the difference is between an urban farm and a community garden is. And I would say an urban farm has a business plan, a strategy, and a structure, and, and leadership. And Evan and Andrea Mosshart will be our lead farmers, and, and they will run the farm, organize the volunteers, and work with ho- the hospitals and the businesses around us. Under Evan's leadership, a vision and mission for the farm has been established. Nourish the underfed, transform the overfed, and cherish the planet from which we are all fed. For the last number of months, Evan has been heading to North Edmond, where he's been a a farming apprentice with one of the premier small farms in Oklahoma, Indigo Acres. Evan and Andrea would like to tell you their story of how they got there and how it's changed them and how they foresee the future here on the corner of 8th and Lee. Hello, 8th Street Church. I'm Pastor Andrea. And I'm Evan. And we just wanted to tell you a little story about what God has been doing in our lives. Um, So we used to live in the nation formerly known as Swaziland. And many of you know we went there about six months after we were married. We were pretty newly married. Um, But while we were there, we got to work in some amazing gardens um, that grew food that was given away or sold for the benefit of the needs of the people in the community. And coming back to the U.S., I know Evan was really passionate about business as ministry concepts. And I came back and I worked as the community pastor at a church and um, got to oversee an after-school program that worked with a local garden in the community, and we were able to give away fresh food to the students and families at the after-school program. So, if any of you have taken the strengths finder, my top strength is context. I've talked about this a little bit before in the past. So, I love to try to see myself as part of the continuing story uh, that I find by looking into the past and then tracing the line of those stories into the present. And so I get to look back and see the Native American population that has lived and worked these lands for generations. And we've also learned about Mother Augustine. And Mother Augustine and the Sisters of St. Francis were the ones who helped establish St. Anthony's Hospital in Oklahoma City in 1898. And Mother Augustine was deeply committed to rural health care. She wanted to cultivate God's creation, and she was really passionate about feeding the hungry with fresh food. So, as we've kind of got these ideas, you know, floating around and, you know, we're trying to figure out what's, what's next, we, you know, we kind of focused on this urban farm, feeding, you know, nourishing people, feeding people, uh, meeting their needs in that way. So we, you know, I decided to try to go to work for a farmer. So I've been working since October for Kevin Marshall in Indigo Acres up north of Edmond uh, in anticipation of, you know, us starting our own urban farm. So that's what we're going to try to do. So we have this vision for the 8th Street Urban Farm. And uh, it's going to be an urban farm that's established in and for our community with the purpose of nourishing the underfed, transforming the overfed, and cherishing the earth from which we all are fed. And so that means a lot of things, and so we can talk about that more in the future, but where are we now? 
So where we are now is we're in the process of getting a legal agreement with Saints to use the property just to the east of the church. Um, so that's really exciting. Uh, and then after that, whenever we get those papers signed, uh, we'll be building and planting in some raised beds on the southern end of that property and then preparing the bulk of it for uh, beds in the ground. So hopefully that'll start in the next month or two. We're really excited though. Yeah. And the other thing that has been really cool is that there have been so many people who seem to have a mutual passion about the idea of an urban farm. Um, we've just had several people tell us in person or give, give us text message us and just talk about how excited they are um, about the idea. Yeah. And so there's the people, you know, right around us. So, you know, we want to partner with Saints, with 8th Street Church with Valor Hospital uh, to get food into the hands of the people who need it the most and to continue to look for opportunities to empower and enrich our community. But there's people even outside of that. Chris was even telling me the other day, I mean, people completely out of the orbit of 8th Street Church that are getting excited about this. He was even talking to some people in Chicago who are really excited and want to hear about what's happening. So. It's pretty cool to see just kind of the movement of what's going on here. It feels pretty exciting. Yeah. So thank you so much for letting us tell our story, and we hope you have a good week and stay warm. So a business plan has been written, and an area east of the church has been designed for this community farm. And this area has been designed with a purpose. It will include a tribute to the indigenous peoples who planted on these lands years ago. It will include a tribute to Mother Augustine and the Franciscan nuns that started St. Anthony Hospital by planting gardens for the people here. It will also have a cute fence with flowers planted around it, planted around the, uh, the, the perimeter so that they can be sold to local shops. And finally, finally, a gigantic 40-foot table will be put in the middle for gatherings. And this idea, a place-making idea, a place where hospitals and churches and neighbors can all come together and do good work, this idea has caught on because someone who is not connected to our church and not connected to the hospital came to me last week and they said, I'd like to give you $10,000 to start this project. This, I think, is what Jeremiah had in mind when he spoke to those exiles. And he reminded them that these are the plans that God has for them. So don't waste the exile. I think he might say to us, don't waste the pandemic. We're coming into one year in a global pandemic. We have not met inside this building since March the 15th, 2020. We have indeed entered into a new ice age. Our grief is deep and we have gone through political division and global death. This week, a friend of mine lost someone close to him from COVID-19, and on his Facebook tribute, he wrote, I am grieving the loss of a good friend tonight. Rest in Christ. Resurrection comes. In April, I wrote in my journal, do not waste this pandemic. And I think at the, I think at the deepest part in my heart, I meant, as death and the unknown seems to want to swallow us up, let us be the kind of people that practices resurrection until resurrection comes. My name is Mikhail, and I get to serve as the pastor of spiritual formation here at the 8th Street Church. 
So you've heard some good things, and I want to tell you just a few more. I know that during the past 11 months of COVID, we have experienced loss and grief and rage together. We have witnessed injustice and inequality, suffering and great injury. And yet in that very same time, I have seen some of the most beautiful, joyous things that I've ever seen in my life in you, 8th Street Church. I have seen a people whose commitment to the way of Jesus and whose desire to be good neighbors could not be squashed by COVID, by distance, by the heat, or by the cold. I've watched you find creative and careful ways to gather as parish groups, and I've heard stories of your group text chats and prayers when you can't gather in person. You've become experts at standing a DoorDash meals to one another and making porch deliveries for essentials and just for fun. And I've watched you rally around one another in times of crisis, offering cash gifts to those who have lost jobs and sharing phone calls and texts and taking meals to those who have lost loved ones and then showing up to cry together six feet apart, even if you can't hug. I've also watched your commitment to being good neighbors and living the way of Jesus bring you into some really hard conversations and digging in to learn about systemic racism and how we can make room to belong for all of us, about equity and politics, about masking, and about care for neighbor. And none of this has been easy. But in the struggle... I have watched a growing strength of resolve in you to live and love like Jesus no matter what. You have always been a beautiful people, a congregation of humility, of openness, of hospitality, of generosity, and of joy. But in these incredibly difficult days, somehow your beauty has only grown And before you write me off and say that I'm just a biased mother pastor, let me tell you that others have seen this beauty too. Because during the 11 months since we've been worshiping outdoors and online, nine different family units, 23 people in all, some kids, some adults, some married people, some not, have joined us and made 8th Street Church their home. And in the midst of our collective upheaval and the ongoing struggles and the continual changes, we have actually grown. And people have seen you and found something so beautiful that they wanted to be a part of it too. If you have heard nothing else today, I hope that you've heard that together we are doing the very real and good work of God Our shared commitments and our practices up to this point have shaped us and they will continue to shape us into becoming the people and the church we long for and that God dreams of. During the season of Lent, I'm excited to launch with Pastor Banning a new weekly podcast as a way to deepen our experience of weekly practices together. And this, too, has come from the desires I've seen in you, the conversations we've had, the texts we've exchanged, and the ways you've allowed me to pray with you. Now, I'm not always the best at seeing into the future, 
but I offer these as our closing benediction words for you to hear today. I can tell you that I am hopeful and I am confident about the days ahead because I am confident and hopeful about who we are becoming. You are resilient and committed, empathetic, compassionate, generous, humble, kind, and discerning, and growing more and more so by the day. One of my core convictions is that what we do flows from who we are. And when I see who you are, 8th Street Church, I am filled with joyful anticipation, imagining all that you, that we, will do. You are a spiritual community of hope and transformation that lives the way of Jesus. And you are beautiful. So friends, go with the joy and the peace of all the good things you have heard about you. Let it fill you up. Let it light you up. And then share this light with everyone you meet.